Welcome to the Active Digital Podcast, brought to you by your co-hosts, Joe Wimble-Groves and Simon Reynolds. Joe is an author and the co-owner of Active Digital Communications. Simon is a Formula One driver performance coach and previously worked for the McLaren F1 team for over a decade. Join us to learn from elite athletes and entrepreneurs to discover why optimizing your human performance is integral to the success of every business. To kickstart series one of the Active Digital podcast, we spoke to Taekwondo Olympic athlete Latelo Mohammed. Latelo has the most incredible story and has an infectious positive energy. I dare you to listen to this episode without feeling slightly emotional or perhaps even teary. We had a really empowering conversation with Latelo on success, learning through failure, and how we find greatness in all of us. We hope you enjoy the episode as much as we did. If you did enjoy it, please remember to leave us a review and please subscribe so you never miss an episode. Latelo, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Thank you very much for having me. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I've done my personal training this morning, so I'm in peak condition for you. Amazing. Hey, so (laughs) have I. So, you know, we're all on the same page today. I haven't, so I feel terrible. Oh, okay. (laughs) We can next see you off then. See you later. There's still time in the day, Simon. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm doing it later, actually. So, uh, oh, right. oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so Latelo, um, as an active digital customer, it's so lovely to have you on the podcast. I know we've spoken to you a number of times, but to actually interview you is such a pleasure. We would love to know about your story, how you started in sport, particularly in Taekwondo from a young age, and, and who your role models were growing up. So, yeah, tell us, tell us about that. Well... It all started for me at home. My dad is a Taekwondo instructor. That's what he, um, that's what he does now. He's, um, we, our family business is Taekwondo. Everyone in my family is a black belt, so don't mess with us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, it all started really young. So my dad got me started probably about age three. Um, I still have very, very vague memories of like kicking the sofa and kicking all up and down the house and driving my mum crazy. So in um, 97, he decided to um, get his own gym. And it wasn't mainly because of um, me. I was uh, starting to show some serious talent in Taekwondo and it was always his passion um, uh, growing up. So he, um, he started that as a business and also to facilitate a potential career uh, with me going forward. The whole Olympic dream started though in 2000, Sydney 2000 which is the first Olympics I really remember watching. Some memories of 96, Michael Johnson, but 2000 was the first Olympics I fully remember watching. And seeing uh, you know, all the athletes, I remember, still remember Peter Cathy Freeman winning the 400 meters in that suit. I remember Michael Johnson winning the 400 uh, meters. I remember uh, Morris Green winning the 100 meters, such a great Olympics. But most importantly, uh, for me and us, it was the first time Taekwondo was an official Olympic sport. So I was watching the Taekwondo with my dad, watching the new champion, Sarah Stevenson, represented uh, GB, I believe came fourth in the end. And I just remember watching the gold medal uh, matches. My dad just leaned over to me and said, um, hey, this could be you one day. You, you, you could do this. You could, you could be the biggest in the world. You could be Olympic champion. And bear in mind, I'm a eight-year-old at this point so I'm just like yeah yeah whatever you say dad but not really realizing that was the spark of what was now an Olympic dream which 
didn't just become my dream. It really became my family's dream. Uh, massive sacrifices were made by my mom, by my dad, even my brothers. I have to be honest now, as a man, I can see the amount of attention that I received. You know, I benefited from that and perhaps they missed out a bit. So it was a whole entire family sacrifice, you know, running up mom's credit cards, going abroad to fight in tournaments. And it really started to come together when I was 16. I won my first big international tournament, the German Open. And that was kind of my coming out party. Um, it was in 2008. All the GB officials were there. And I remember winning that Open at 16. It really gave me the confidence to think, okay, my dad's been talking about this for years. My family all believe in me. And I don't get me wrong. I believed in myself. I knew I was good. But winning a major international like that in a big arena, that's the moment where I just, I'm going to go to the Olympics one day. It really became fully real to me. But, okay, I can really do this. Shaking Gary Hall's hand, who is now my performance director for the first time. It was just such a surreal moment. And it really became very real uh, from it. Fast forward, making the academy, um, uh, 19 years old, making... GB Taekwondo team, and I hit the ground running. I became European champion within a few months, and a couple months like after that, I um, uh, won my first Olympic medal, the bronze in London 2012. So it really was, and it was very fitting that that first Olympic medal was in London, my hometown. Um, I grew up watching the stadium being built up through the stages. It was a dream to compete there one day, and to anybody watching, that really just shows the power of, I think, visualization. I used to visualize being in the arena, being awarded a medal, the crowd going crazy. And guys, when I tell you, when it actually happened in 2012, it was almost like a dream. It didn't feel real. because I'd visualized it from when I was a little boy for the longest time. And doing it in my hometown, competing in London, getting a bronze medal in the end, it just, if that was my journey in and of itself, it would have been amazing. But I've been very blessed and very fortunate to go on and win more. And I'm uh, here looking forward to winning even more. So, uh, but I'm sure we're going to get into that uh, as we get into the interview. But yes, that's a quick bit of my history from Walthamstow to the Olympic podium. <laughs> that is an incredible story. And, that, and you're so right. London 2012 was so special for so many Love people. It. And, you know, even my kids have got to an age where we've been to the stadium and obviously you can go visit. It's so beautiful. The gardens are beautiful there. And it's really a really special place to go. I went to go and watch the, the swimming and just to be part of it. I think it was just the most fantastic event. I think it will be very special for so many, particularly so special for you to, to win on your home turf. That, that almost, it gives me goosebumps. It's just, just an amazing feeling. But what you just said there, I think was so important because it was special for me, but it was special for the entire country. I really felt like the country came together, like almost nothing I've ever really seen before. I mean, we see it with the England football. We had a great 2018. Hopefully we're about to have a great 2021. We'll see, <laughs> fingers crossed. But with the, um, the whole country getting behind the Olympics, it was just something like I'd, I'd, um, uh, I'd never experienced before and never experienced since. Uh, and just holds such a special place in my heart. And I feel so blessed that I even got the opportunity to compete there so quickly into my, um, in my take on career. So 
wonderful memories. I loved it. And I'm glad that you loved it too. Because I <laughs> so being an Olympian, you know, not many people get to become an Olympian. You know, it's such a special, such a special thing to, to become once an Olympian, always an Olympian. What is a typical day like for you as an elite performance athlete? Because your day will be very different to, to what we know. So what, what does your day look like? That's a great question. Typical, typical day for me, see, waking up and getting a great breakfast. I have to make sure I'm very well fueled. So whether it's oats or whether it's um, uh, some eggs and toast, it doesn't have to be anything too fancy, but it just has to be uh, a good breakfast. From there, uh, uh, drive down to the gym and um, uh, I start what I call my pre-warm-up. So I will do activation. So activate all the muscles, get everything ready. Uh, so um, essentially getting everything firing. Um, so I'll do some, um, uh, some exercises with my physio to get everything firing. Then we'll go into a warm up. Then I get into the session. At this stage of my career, my training is very individual. So it's, um, uh, it's, it's very much focused to me and uh, to me alone. So I'll do some one-on-one -on -one time with my coach and we'll train for about maybe an hour and a half. Um, I, have a, I have a break in the middle of the session where I'll try and fit in some time with the service providers, which I'll get to in just a second. Then I'll have the, uh, the last session of the day, which will be um, weights or strength and conditioning. But back to the service providers, I'm of the belief that your training, the stuff that you're supposed to do is kind of the easy part. It's all the things outside of training which what makes you a champion. So but for me, that looks like the recovery. That looks like getting the physiotherapy. That looks like um, uh, getting sports massage. That looks like going to the cryotherapy chamber, which is the big ice chamber that freezes up. That looks like um, uh, doing you know, my oxygen therapies, what, whatever I need to do to give me that little 0.1 of a percent edge because it all adds up and it all compounds over time. I'm a big believer in the compound effect. Even little wins every single day is better than just trying to cram all your work into one or two days. No, I believe in this edging forward, edging forward every single day. And before you know it, you're at the Olympics because in sports, things move very fast. A four year cycle is a very, very quick amount of time. Four years sounds like a long time, but it really isn't. It goes like that every single time. I remember London like it was yesterday. I remember real like it was yesterday. I'm getting old, oh my God. <laughs> but moving forward, making little increments every single day, all in that direction, that's what success is. That's what's given me success over the years. And really it's something that I really love from my dad. My dad is a, a very, very talented man. He was, um, he's, he's good at martial arts. He's, a, he's an artist. You know, he can speak, he can, you know, I really feel like, um, uh, <laughs> I, I, I really feel like I'm just all right compared to my dad and what he can do. So I think growing up, I always had a, an amazing role model of achievement and of success. And it was really him that taught me that greatness is a daily aspiration. Just because you're great yesterday, that doesn't make you, that doesn't qualify you or give you the validation that you're great today. Greatness has to be earned every single day. And that's how I, how I mix in that compound effect. Small increments every single day that pushes you toward greatness. And what does greatness look like for me? That's winning. That's, that's winning the world championships. That's winning the Olympics. That's having your name etched into history. But you have to earn it. And you have to earn it every single day. So that process 
of the training. It can get a bit monotonous, it can be a bit grueling, but what I like to remind myself, the times when I really don't wanna train are the times where I really switch in and make sure I train the hardest because I know those are the days where my, my opponents might take, might slack off a bit. I will take a day off. Those are the days where if everyone's making those little increments, I go one up and that gives me the mental edge, uh, which I believe is most important on competition day. So a very long answer to your question, but. <laughs> no, that's what makes, that's what sets you apart. That's what makes you an Olympian. And that's really important, isn't it, Simon? So marginal gains, we talk a lot about marginal gains in business and in sport. And it's what, that's what makes you a winner, isn't it? And that's what makes business successful, that you, that you push harder than your competitors. You're trying new stuff all the time that you just want to do better every day. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, the goal, the, we, it's very easy to do in sports and I imagine, it's, well, I know it's the same in business as well. It's very easy to compare yourself to others or, oh, this, they're bringing out this new product or in my case, you know, there's this new fighter on the scene or he's trying this way. Maybe I should try and do this a different way. No, you should only ever be comparing yourself to the previous version of yourself. Am I better than I was yesterday? Am I better than I was a month ago? You know, um, I, can I look at footage of myself from three years ago and look at footage from myself today and see the clear areas where I've made improvements? If I can't, then I fail. And I feel like looking at others and being focused on other people is the easiest way to take the focus away from where it should be, which is yourself and your own improvement. One of the most powerful lessons I had in sport and in life was to start comparing myself to others. We, we spoke briefly about role models off air. A lot of my role models were people like say Muhammad Ali or Michael Johnson. And I used to, well, I still do greatly admire and idolize these uh, men or these individuals, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. However, I fell into the trap of trying to model and compare my life exactly to how their, their life. So I'll give you an example. Muhammad Ali in his amateur career, I believe he only lost two times as an amateur. And I think he won about maybe 270 times through. So 272, an amazing amateur record basically. And I remember uh, I went for a very long time without losing. And I remember when I reached two losses and I thought, oh no, I can't be, I can never be the greatest because I've already lost twice. And Muhammad Ali only ever lost twice as, a, as an amateur. And you know, I was comparing myself way too much. And it was when I came to the realization that Muhammad Ali's different from Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray's different from Michael Johnson, Michael Johnson different from Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan's different from Taylor Muhammad. I have my own journey. I have my, I have my own path to where I want to go. And it's gonna look different from everybody else's on the planet. And the, real, the moment I truly realized that, that no matter what happens to me, it doesn't really matter what happens to anyone else. I just have to deal with what happens to me. That was, I think, one of the most powerful lessons that I learned because uh, as an athlete, it is so, so easy to compare yourself to the great ones that became before you. And therefore so, so easy to get disillusioned or feel down or slightly depressed when you don't feel like you're reaching that standard. Then when you realize the only standard you should be aspiring to is the one that you set for yourself and being better than you were yesterday, a month ago, three years ago. So I think that's the same in sports. I think that's the same in business. I think that's the same in life. And that was really, really powerful for me.
Oh, that's brilliant, Latela. Just very quickly, because I'd love Simon to dive in in a minute. Uh, we were all massive basketball fans in our house, and my brother had a poster of Michael Jordan on his wall. I had Nike Ed Jordans. Everyone wanted a pair of Nike Ed Jordans because we wanted to be like him. Got to be like Mike. Got to be like Mike. But but what was really interesting is when you when you read about Mike and some of the stuff that he says, and again, it's the practice, practice, practice. And he always says people but say about how amazing he was and how many times he did these amazing shots. But he loves to talk about how many times he missed. Isn't it one of his most powerful statements, isn't it, that I missed thousands of times? And and actually sharing that is really powerful as a role model. Don't just it doesn't just happen overnight. He that repetition of gets the wins that's what gets the win and as a winner this is gonna sound strange but I kind of love losing you know I love being down in the dirt because that's when you really learn about yourself that's where you really learn how to improve because you're forced to improve where the pain of losing it it hurts so much when you give your everything into something when you lose and the whole world's watching it, it would be easy to go into yourself and crumble, but I'm fortunate to be an older athlete now and I have experience. So now if I lose, I'm, I'm smiling because great, I've got now got some data which I can study and I can know exactly the area where I need to improve. What's better than that? And the, even better than that is if I can lose in training. If I can get all my losses out of the way in training, it gives me the more confidence that I'm going to win when it matters on competition day. And it sounds crazy, but losing is good. Uh, rejection is good. Being disillusioned temporarily is good if you learn from it. If you learn from it. If you wallow in it and just let yourself be down, then it, then it wasn't useful. But even a loss, you can turn into a win. And an, 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 an L doesn't have to be a loss. It can be a lesson. As long as that L is a lesson, then... For me, that's how you build the foundation and you go on and sort of win. Before the 2016 Olympics, where I didn't win, I got the silver. However, it was a good performance. Before that Olympics in sparring, I lost so much. I was terrible. I know the I know Gary in the academy, and they must have been sweating, thinking, what's going on? I were, but I just see I got all my losing out of the way. So when it came to Olympic Day, like you worried? I said, Of course I'm not worried. I, I got all my I got all my losses out of the way months ago. Now it's time to win. And that's that. And I think that's the mindset you have to have when you face adversity, when you face losses. It's all good. Take it in, take the licks, take the hits, but learn from it. You should if, if you're if you're getting hit with the same thing more than once, you have to learn. So if I get hit with something, OK, I know what to do. So next time I'm going to be here when I can strike back. Great. I've learned from my loss. So learning from your loss that we need to take away this thing about that losing. It's a bad thing. It's a great thing, but you must learn from it. And again, that, that's one of the core principles, which I think has got me to where I am today. I have no fear of losing. In fact, in a weird, sadistic way, I'm kind of glad when it happens because I know I'm not going to let it happen again. <laughs> wow. I, I, I found myself getting really emotional listening to you. Your journey. Me too. I, I actually, uh, <laughs> I was hoping Joe wouldn't say, Simon, can you talk now? I said, no, I can't talk now. I'm a bit emotional. <laughs> wow. I mean, if, if we could bottle your enthusiasm, your passion and and your energy into a bottle and then take that as a supplement each day, then that would be 
That'd be wonderful. <laughs> but maybe that's the next step. but Natalo you need to be writing books you need to write a book for kids I mean they need to hear this stuff we need to hear it but kids particularly need to hear that that was one of the biggest things for me and that's why I would say I was so blessed to be born into the family I was born my 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 mum and dad were unusual in the sense where they were massively into personal development so uh growing up all I'd hear from my dad is like, the goals you set are the goals you get, or, you know, the habits you train or the habits you gain, or you're only as good as your last fight. So it was constant mantras. And uh, that's the household I lived in. And, that, uh, and you mentioned Michael Jordan, how uh, you loved him uh, growing up, you had pictures of him. When you examine his childhood, I mean, I watched The Last Dance, like probably most of us did, and you see how competitive it was, where he's always competing with his brothers. You know, his dad was always just saying just the right thing to push him. I saw a lot of similarities with my own upbringing, you know, very competitive, always looking to get a little bit better. Every, every time I was training, it was competitive, all about improving. And that just gave me the foundation I needed to go on and live the life I do today. So being, you talk about children, writing books for children, you know, I, I, would, I would love, I love working with uh, children because I think setting that foundation as young as possible that's what turns them into great champions in the future absolutely yeah 100 i mean I, I that's why i love working with with uh, young people and over the past decade that's what i dedicated my life to is working with young drivers because that's for me i see them progress i see them uh, mature and grow as a person and 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 athletically so for me that it's, it's everything working with young people. And, and especially when you get experience, you can provide them with your experience. And it's all a learning. Every day is a learning day, as, you, as you've described. One of the quotes that I love that you actually said was, everyone makes mistakes, uh, but it's what you do next, which is most important. Um, I, think, I think that quote's going to go down um, as, as in your book <laughs> or somebody else's book. Oh, well, I, but it, but it's, it's the <laughs> truth. It really is the truth. And it's helped me tremendously. And if people can take anything from that and learn that and improve themselves and that, you know, as a consequence, improve their lives, I'm all for it. Like I've said it a few times, but I just feel very, very blessed and very, very fortunate to live the life I live today. And um, it is because I had a lot of help on the way. So, you know, if I can help and kind of pass on that favor, that's, that's, that's not even a, that's my duty because I've had so much help. What, you, you know, you, oof. I'd be, I'd be a mess if I didn't have all the help I had. I'm telling you, I feel very lucky. <laughs> I think I think that being young as well. I mean, you started incredibly at three years old and then competed at seven. You know, the plasticity of the brain at that age is is like clay. You know, you're kind of molding you you're molding your body, your brain. Um, I think you mature at a quicker rate if you if you're a, if you're a sort of young sportsman and athlete, and it's sort of that that journey starts from that young age and progresses forward into adulthood. And I, say, I think there's a huge amount that we can all learn from that, especially in business. I think there's a wealth of knowledge uh, from elite athletes that can teach leaders of business and also those who, um, those who work in it. I was just going to ask you, with your journey so far, um, and you talk a lot about goals and goals are extremely important as an athlete every second of every day. You're focused on that goal that you're wanting to achieve. And it's something as part of the Get Active program that we have aspirational goals, we have action goals, and we have daily goals. And the daily goals are sort of split into three areas of your personal, uh, your work and your health. 
So you set yourself just really basic stuff. But something you touched on earlier was that all those tiny little basic uh, kind of goals and achievements each day, whether it's drinking an extra glass of water or whether it's um, achieving the deadline that your boss set you um, or whether it's um, reading your son or your daughter a book or listening to them read your book and things like that. You can take time out and every single day you can achieve a thousand goals by the end of the year. And I think that's, that's I think that's fantastic. And you kind of explain that within your uh, your journey. That's an amazing way you just put it there, because, um, yes, I set myself very similar to you um, but before each session. I have goals. What do I want to get out of the session? Because to be very frank with you, training is very hard. And after, when you've been doing it as long as I have, and I'm well, 27 years now, kicking and punching, you know, I, I, will, I don't want to say it gets a bit old, but it certainly can get um, a little bit monotonous. So setting goals and having specific things I want to achieve in the session keeps it exciting for me and makes the session more valuable. So it's a win-win. It's a win-win. I mean, who wants to come to work and aimlessly type on their laptop or just do what you know, do whatever, or just kind of be reactive? No, be proactive. Come in to work. Come in to training. Come into your life. Like I thought it was a fantastic example you gave with the reading your kids a book uh, each night. Have specific goals and do them every day and watch them compound. It's not, actually not even that difficult to implement. It's a, such a simple, easy little change, which I think can transform your life, transform your results. Absolutely. So no, I'm, I'm, that, was a, that was really, really good. Uh, the way you articulated it, I like that. So what's next um, on your journey and your, your goals and your aspirations? The next big goal for me is becoming world champion this year. The world championships is in November in Wuxi in China, not Wuhan, Wuxi. <laughs> we won't go there. But, um, uh, and that's the big goal for me. This year, again, it, it could be seen as a disappointment because I, I was injured at the qualification time, which is very brutal for an athlete. I'm sure you can imagine, um, especially with the setup I've had, you know, bronze in London, silver in Rio, gold in Tokyo, just has such a nice ring to it. But injury happened. And unfortunately, I couldn't qualify due to the, uh, you know, getting injured on the fight day. It happens. It happens. Now, this, I think these moments are really kind of make or break moments. Like, okay. The Olympics is not happening this year. I could retire. I could, you know, be the, you know, be sad about it for a year and maybe just look to come back in a couple of years. Or I could focus on what I can control. The Olympics is it's outside my control right now. What can I control? And it's like my effort and commitment to the next line of tournaments at the end of this year. November is going to come very quickly, and I'm aware that everybody right now is focused on the Olympic Games. So by me being focused on the World Championships from now, that gives me an advantage, but only if I act on it. So bearing that in mind, I don't wanna waste a golden opportunity here. I want to become world champion and better than that, I want to be focused and fully committed to it whilst everyone's head is turned. Even the people who are not going to the Olympics, they're focused on the Olympics. They can't wait to watch it on TV. And hey, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch and be inspired too. However, I'm focused on the World Championships from now. And by acting on it, what does that look like? That means having that goal as my main focus. So before every uh, training session, like I said, I've got, goal, I've got little goals I want to accomplish. But what I put on the 
I've not got the paper with me. But um, what I put on the top of the paper, what's the goal? Become world champion. So I'm constantly reminded every single day, every single session, about what I'm doing it for. I mean, it's like, it'd be like jumping in the car and trying to go to a destination, but you've not, you know, programmed a sat-nav. And I think it's, it's tempting to go through life or through sport that way or through business that way, but it's, it's not effective. And like I said, it's only an advantage if I act on it. So by me acting on it every single day, compounding, getting the small increments, improvements every single day. I know from experience, when it comes down to the world championship, when it comes down to the day, I'm going to be more ready than anybody else in that, in that field. As God willing, um, my body stays healthy, which I know it will. Um, so again, it's taking what life, what, it's like when life gets, uh, serves you lemon, make lemonade. It's like, I didn't make the Olympics, the biggest event uh, you could possibly have for a take on the athlete with my history, like I mentioned, or the medals in the past leading up to the gold. It was, it was meant to be, it was destiny. You're supposed to win in Tokyo. I didn't qualify, I got injured. So be it, on to the next goal, on to the next goal. And I think that's, that's winning. That, that really is winning, where you're able to, dis even something that you spent your whole life focused towards, you can disregard it. Okay, I'm not going to that one, but what am I going to? The next one. Boom. By becoming world champion, I give myself the best chance of securing my Olympic place three years in advance for, for Paris 2024. So I am thinking about the next Olympics, but I understand to get there, I need to hit these certain goals. So re being the, the ability to process problems and refocus quickly, I think is crucial if you're going to be, because I, I, I mean, uh, Joe, I can only imagine you've had so many situations in business of where you've had to quickly scrap the plan, change, refocus, and go full force on a different course. I mean, it's the same in sport. It's the same in sport, no matter what, at what level, your ability to quickly refocus. I think that's, that's what really makes champions. This podcast is sponsored by Active Digital, a business communications company and Apple partner that puts cutting edge technology in your hands. Visit our website to see our latest offers or download our free customer app by searching Active Digital in the iOS app store. Built for business, built for you. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's such a great thing to say, Latelo. And, and you've met my brother Richard. He's really oh, focused. Yes. And very driven, loves to win. Oh, yes. A terrible oh. loser. Um, <laughs> and actually, we, when we talk to our staff and, and actually having really clear goals is really important for them because when you lead a, a business and they're on that journey with you, my brother will say something like, our, our main goal is we want to be partner of the year. We want to be number one. Mm. Now, 2020, we were Director's Choice Partner of the Year. 2021, we were top three. We're on the podium, but Richard said, but we don't, we didn't win. We didn't win. But actually, again, we come back stronger. It makes us more hungry to get higher on that podium. We want to be the Rolls Royce of mobile, which is how we see ourselves. We want to be the best customer experience. We want to have the best fleet of products. We want, you know, we want the, the we want everyone to come on that journey with us and and every year you know it's been nearly 25 years of working together and just trying to be better every day mm. i mean wow it's this it's that's fantastic hearing that insight uh the parallels from business and sport is it's it's absolutely remarkable again 
I know I've said it 10 times already, but just so grateful that I, I had such a mother and father that set, helped me set goals when I was super, super young. Seven, eight, nine. It's crazy to think I was thinking about the Olympics even back then. But we, we you know, uh, had a big poster of Olympic rings, so Olympic champion by this date, uh, a picture of me with my fists in the air with a medal around my neck. When you visualize and set specific goals and you work towards them every day, something good's going to happen. So I'm just such a firm believer in that. Is everybody going to go and become Olympic champion? Is everyone going to go build a mega business? Is everyone going to be super successful? No. But can everyone be better if they set themselves goals and work towards them every single day? 100% yes. Your life will improve if you do these things. It's, it's, um, I think after the Olympics, I had a lot of people either calling me up or trying to come down to the gym because all of a sudden they realized it had been their life's ambition to become Olympic champion. And with the most respect, some of these guys were in their 40s and stuff. And I was like, hey, man, it may be a bit late for this goal, but <laughs> you can channel that energy into something else. Um, because you know these young guys are twenty, and you don't want to get knocked out and stuff. But um, but yeah, something good will happen. Good things will happen if you set specific goals and work towards them every day. I'm sure of it because it's worked in my life. Everything, everyone I know that is successful has done the same thing. So I think everyone wants to know, the, you know, the success blueprint. How do you do it? The truth is, I think you most everyone already knows. It's just about doing it. And they do. And it's not going to be easy. I think that's the part people don't want to hear. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be extremely difficult. I can, I, I mean, I know from having parents who are self-employed, business is absolutely brutal. Uh, you must have had some moments where I'm sure you wanted to just crawl up into a ball, <laughs> uh, Joe, but you have to keep on going. You have to keep persevering. There's a guy that I know called Nims Persia who's climbed Everest uh, a number of times and he's broken world records on making the impossible seem possible. He's such an interesting character who, uh, who I interviewed for my book. And he said, there are two main qualities or characteristics that you need to have in order to be what you might define as successful. The first one is you have to believe in yourself. You know, you have to have self-belief. And the second one is hard work. <laughs> and, and again, you know, that you don't give up. He says, keep going. And, and there's some amazing, really simple qualities that you can, instill in yourself or even you can build those over time yes simple to say hard to do <laughs> i mean it's, it's it's a very simple blueprint success everything you just said there but actually doing it day after day after day for for two years for four years for, for 10 years for 12 years for 20 years that's that success so yeah <laughs> it's pretty simple Brilliant. Yeah, the, sim the simple stuff is always the best. Um, I think one of the most powerful things that you mentioned um, is the visualization and visualizing yourself doing something actually has a uh, neural effect in your brain, you know, laying down neural pathways like electricity, which over and over and over and over again, if you're constantly turning that light switch on and off, um, and eventually it stays on and you've got this, this pathway that is there, and drivers, um, in, in my experience, racing drivers use visualization techniques to visualize the track, um, closing their eyes, going through that, going through the motion of being on the track, what they need to do in the corners, and then 
if they do that repeatedly over and over again, um, that becomes an, an autonomic, automatic response when they're actually live and in, in the actual race itself. Um, so I think there's a huge amount that people can learn from that visualization. You know, in business, about, about being successful, what you deem successful in business is visualizing yourself being where you want to be, whether it's a promotion or you want to be doing something else in your, in your role then visualizing that is, is extremely powerful. And I think there's loads of studies out there which show how powerful that is. Man, thank you for bringing that up and articulating it so well as it relates to you know, the neural pathways. I'll tell you a story. In the build-up to the 2016 games, um, I did a lot of visualization. Very fortunate enough at the Olympics, you know who your opponents are going to be. So you know the first one, and you can kind of do work out the draw, like who's likely going to win. So you have a rough idea about who you're going to fight um, for the first couple of fights at least. And one of the fights I was going to have, the second fight was likely going to be against the American, Steve Lopez. Now, for those who don't know, he was like the original star of Taekwondo. He was um, the first one to really use a double Olympic champion, five-time world champion by far the biggest name in the sport. And as you can probably imagine, someone who I'd looked up to growing up as um, a role model and someone that you know he wanted to aspire to be like. So I think uh, knowing uh, that I used to really look up to this uh, uh, fight, it kind of forced me to think, okay, I've got to do a lot of visualization to make sure I'm in the right state of mind. Long story short, when we get to the actual fight at the Olympics in 2016, the, the best way I could describe it, I, I visualized it so many times, more, more times than I could probably even count, that when it happened, it was like a dream. Honestly, it didn't seem real. Everything I had visualized, it was happening exactly as I'd visualized the most surreal feeling in the world. It was like deja vu but on steroids. It was literally exactly as I'd imagined it. It was happening just like that. And it was so weird. And I remember at one point thinking, oh gosh, he's, he's going to do that and I'm going to score a point. Well, I scored and I thought, this is so weird. It was, it was literally <laughs> like, it was like, I remember coming off the, the mat with Steve, I'm saying, I said to my coach, I'm saying, it's like I've done that a hundred times before. And then the realization, oh, you have, you have done it a hundred times before. And that moment really stood out to me as the power of visualization. And I think just to add to one thing you said there, how important visualization is in business, uh, imagining you are that person or how I like to do it, uh, you know, I imagine the best person of myself, a best version of myself. Then I uh, come out the visualization and I think this is the most important step, act like you're that person. So the visualization is like the priming, then, come out of it and act. If, if I was the best version of Lutelo Muhammad, what would he do? Go. And I think the visualization primes it and you go and do that. And I, like you said, if you do that enough times, you explain so well the science behind it, it really works. And one thing I'll say about visualization, it only works every single time. It really is super powerful. You said extremely powerful. If there was a word more than I, I would say, it, it, it is, I think, a massive thing that most people miss. Most, it, it is huge. And I think in sport, because, you know, you're so exposed, especially in fighting, it kind of forces you to do it. But 
if more people did this in life and business, uh, oof, the, the gains you can make from it are unbelievable. Really surreal, actually. But yes, it happened to me at the Olympics. It was literally like a dream. It, like it was, it, but it wasn't. It was reality, and I won. <laughs> so um, it, wonderful. Visualization is a fantastic tool. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's brilliant. It's um, it's something that a lot of people should try and uh, make a sort of daily habit, especially, especially when you're feeling a little bit down negative towards the situations the last thing i wanted to say and then joke and that's how i hand, hand back <laughs> to joe and then I mean, but the last thing i want to say was about recovery yes and how important recovery is but also about you can you can become almost a bit too focused sometimes on on your sort of pathway and goals and 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 the actual uh, pursuit of of that that you need time out so I always call it defocus to refocus. And it's not that you're defocusing away from your goal because you're not, um, but sometimes um, athletes and, and people and everyone um, become almost, almost engrossed in one thing. And I know you love reading books. And I, I just wanted to, I, I, I wanted to understand what your passions and hobbies are outside of Taekwondo, because I think it's, it's super healthy and important that, especially for athletes that if you if you are preparing and you are doing one thing and your whole focus is on that one thing you have to have time out to recover your brain to recover a little bit just for a short period of time um, but then you you defocus and then you focus back into it again and then you see something new you see something different um, everything's much clearer again I th that's a, a fantastic point that you just brought up there yes taking some time away you can call it recovery time or whatever is critically important. When I was younger, uh, so when I first came into the sport, I wouldn't have really have agreed with anything you just said there. But I think when you first come into uh, elite sport, you think, right, um, five days is better than four days and six days is not as good as seven days a week. You know, you, you're of that mindset, like I just need to push, 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 push as much as possible, little rest as possible. That's what's gonna get me there. And we all know now that's what causes burnout in athletes. That's why some great athletes have retired far too young or whatever. So taking that time away, you know, I really like that defocus to refocus. I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> it is so, so important. Like you said, just taking your mind away from your main goal, even just for a few hours can refresh you enough so you can come back with a reigniting, reignited focus. And what I find when I do activities, you mentioned reading, reading is absolutely one of my favorite things to do to um, uh, take some time away. But I also do all the normal things as well. You know, I like to uh, you know, watch YouTube, watch Netflix and stuff like that. So um, uh, socialize with my friends, of course, you know, see, see my parents, see my, you know, my family. Family time is really good for me because they keep me so grounded. It's um, uh, anytime my ego, I feel like my ego is getting a bit too big. My mom and dad are very good at <laughs> bringing me right back down to earth. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, uh, but yes, having that time uh, to focus on something else, I think accelerates your gains more than anything. And you being a professional in this area, when we relate it just to physiology, when it comes to recovery, the, the t your muscle the time where your muscle grows isn't necessarily when you're breaking it down in the gym, it's the recovery time. Um, that's when, you know, your muscles get bigger and they grow stronger, even though it might go against conventional thinking, the recovery time is really, really important. 
But just to quickly go into my recovery, because I'm a little bit older now, I'll in the week, I'll have almost two full days, which are dedicated just to recovery. So I'll, the Wednesday I'll take and I'll get all my treatments in uh, for recovery day. And um, on the Thursday, I only do something light, really just to set me up for the Friday, which is another big day. So taking breaks. And I think you have to listen to your own body. You have to listen to yourself, your own mind, because it's not going to be the same for everybody. You know, Kobe Bryant's idea of recovery might be different from Michael Jordan's. Um, uh, like we mentioned Ari, earlier, you kind of have to compare yourself to yourself. But it's really important to listen to yourself, listen to your mind, listen to your body, and just kind of work out what you need, work out when you need to take a step back to take a giant leap forward. And that was difficult for me, definitely. And um, getting in, having the injuries kind of forced me to take that side of things seriously because when I was younger, it was all about, you just got to push, 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 push with a praying. If you got a tear, or if you got a tear in one knee, you know, your other leg's fine, kick with the other leg, that kind of thinking. But um, as I've gotten older, it's about training smarter now. I, 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 I don't say it replaces training hard. You have to train hard, absolutely. But you can use modern uh, techniques to devise your schedule so it's smarter. And like you mentioned, the recovery, the breaks, is the most critical thing for me now because uh, those are the days the recovery is how i get better that's how i improve I'm a, I'm a full believer in that now if i you know if i if i don't get my massage if i don't do the ice bath i don't do the cryotherapy i feel it now so i really understand the importance of recovery and again that's massive for athletes uh, i think if more athletes took their recovery seriously would have a would have you know feel the better athletes it's just like that but absolutely the same for business as well i'm sure with your business, Joe, you have to give your employees, you know, uh, breaks. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you, you, I know you kind of do like um, activity days. I know you're great at kind of putting on uh, even the, the virtual parties and getting the DJs down and everyone <laughs> moving just to really uh, unwind. And, uh, uh, and I bet they come back better on Monday because of that. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point that you've touched on. And, and, and this is where we brought Simon in, because I think a lot of people were on the verge of burnout before the pandemic hit. And, you know, even being in technology or where, whatever industry or sector you're in, we have an always on situation, don't we? We, we don't feel like we're allowed to switch off. And equally, when it is your own business, or like you say, you're, you're, you're training to an elite level, it's really difficult to know when is your off switch, because you always want to do better every day. And you're so motivated to do better every day, you feel guilty sometimes if you're not, or you want to have time out, but time out, we know, we realize now it's so important to, to pause to recharge. And we come up with some of the best ideas, don't we, when we're allowing ourselves to have clarity and have thoughts and this is one of the reasons why we brought Simon in to work with our employees because you know Richard and I aren't experts on these things but we know that from working with our customers who are professional athletes we know that in order to build a high performance team they need to think like winners they need to think like a high performance team so if our staff are performing to their best they need to be in good condition they need to be physically fit they need to feel well they need to feel strong they need to turn up to work every day feeling like they've got this and i know that sounds really simple to say but you know the, you have that feeling of if the leaders the leadership team are so disconnected from their employees and everybody's fine well what does fine look like we know that there's a mental health crisis in the uk 
people are struggling to know how to be, how to feel. We know that just through the pandemic, people have been getting outdoors and walking and just even a 20 minute walk is making people feel so much better. So we can learn so much through this last 12, 18 months. And like you say, we have to take the positives out of things. And people have been forced to pause. And a lot of people resisted it. Don't like it. I don't like it. I know, but we, we've been forced and we have to embrace that change. And and Simon, say, has been working with a lot of our staff to try and help them to think differently, to, to train differently, to think about how they're moving their bodies every day to, to perform to their best. Well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And no doubt, that's another step to becoming the Rolls Royce of the industry. <laughs> You're not there already because um, that's very forward thinking. And I think it's safe to say that most uh, companies don't implement uh, enough uh, or wouldn't go to the, the, the lengths that you uh, have gone to to make sure that's incorporated into the company culture. Because I fully agree with you. In sports, you see it all the time, that kind of, just keep going until you burn out mentality. Yes, it has obviously produced success for a lot of people, but long term, I don't think it's very healthy. And you need to have you need to have some sort of balance. And uh, I think you can actually even go further with that balance. I think gone are the days when you know people think they get a medal for sitting in the office till nine, ten o'clock at night. <laughs> That's not the sort of medal that people want anymore. And you know, it's not about how many hours you work perhaps it's about what you do with your time exactly exactly i mean it's, it's about the quality of what you do rather than how long you're there for and using a an example that most gym gym goers will know uh, and i know you certainly will uh, know this simon you go to the gym and you see some guys are they've been in there three hours but um, you, you look at them after six months, they're still in the exact same shape. It's like, yeah. what have you been doing all this time, man? Whereas you see uh, a guy like me will go in there for 45 minutes, very focused, headphones on, do what he has to do, get out, and the gains keep compounding. So there's something in that. Um, uh, it's about, I think it would be better to have um, uh, people working solidly, focused for a short amount of time uh, rather than, like I said, being in the office till 9, 10. And, but what are you really doing? So, Latelo, what would be your top takeaways for anybody listening to this podcast? Because there's been a lot that we've covered today around fitness, well-being, and building an Olympic mindset. What are your top takeaways for people, would you say? I think the biggest things would be focus on what you can control. By focusing on what you can control, you give the power to yourself. The second where you're worrying about all these other things, even big, like the pandemic or, or this and that, you can't control it. It's completely outside of your control. Take the power back to yourself. What can I control? What can I do in this situation to make myself better and to improve the lives of the people I care about? That's number one. Number two, only compare yourself to yourself. What anyone, use others. Um, I love to use athletes. I've mentioned Muhammad Ali, I've mentioned Michael Jordan. Use them as inspiration. But just because you love Mike doesn't mean you have to be like Mike. <laughs> Frankly, as much as you try, you're not going to be like Mike because there's only one Mike. But here's the good news. There's only one you. There's, only, there's never going to be anybody else uh, quite like you. Um, there never has been in the past. There's never going to be anyone quite like you in the future. So own it. Lean into it. My big thing was, I mentioned in the interview, I was apprehensive and anxious that, 
I had lost more time than Muhammad Ali and I'm 17 years old at this time. I'm setting myself some crazy standard thinking, oh no, I can't be the greatest because I've already lost two times. Who cares? If I could speak to my younger self, all I would say is that, are you better than you was when you were 16? Say, yeah, then good, good. Now be better, aim to be better um, going forward as well. Just so I'll say those two points. And I say the last thing I would say is just aim to make in small improvements every single day. Set yourself a big goal. I love setting myself big, crazy goals. Goals that kind of scare you. Like, can I really do that? And, it, um, and approach it with the mindset of, if I could do it, or if, if just imagine, if I was 100% confident that I could achieve that goal, what would I do to achieve it? Just entertain yourself. Like, if, if, supposing I am that amazing person that could achieve something crazy like that, what would that person do? Then do it. That's what I did and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, small incremental improvements every single day. Compare yourself only to yourself and focus on what you can control. Those would be my three big takeaways I'll take from this wonderful conversation. We have to do this again. I've had an amazing time. Oh, it's been, it's been great, hasn't it, Simon? I've loved it. Undoubtedly, I'm not just saying this, that was the best interview I've ever been part of. Oh, wow. Uh, let alone sort of, you know, be the, be the interviewee or whatever you call that. But um, too kind, Simon. <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously, that's unbelievable. Um, I've been fortunate to be in a lot of things, you know, over the years. But that was that really touched a lot of uh, emotions. Oh wow! Oh wow! But Taylor, you're the first person to make me cry on Zoom, anyway. Oh, so I can God. actually sort of wipe my eyes now. <laughs> oh, now we've come to be <laughs> emotional. But thank you so much. I'm very grateful to be. Um, a part of the active digital family and learning more about the inner workings of the business today. You know, speaking to you, of course, speak to Simon and the stuff that you're doing to make your company the best of the best. I feel even more proud to be associated with you now. And um, you want to be the Rolls Royce of your industry? I want to be the Rolls Royce of Take One, though, baby. <laughs> yeah. so let's, let's, let's keep this partnership going. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to do this again because we didn't even hardly talk about Rio. <laughs> I Next know. Let's, let's do another. Let's do another. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for Taylor. Thank you. Until the next one. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And if you can, please leave us a rating and a review. You can also find Active Digital on all of your favourite social media channels and our website, activedigital.co.uk. Okay.